Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your teams. Your sports. 1280 New Orleans. All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280 New Orleans. Good to have you guys with us. Hopefully you guys enjoy a little uh, Weezer bump music there. Pull this up. For our next guest, our buddy Nick Suss. It's been a long time since we talked to this guy. Of course, he used to come on the show all the time when he worked with uh, SECCountry.com covering LSU. Now he covers Ole Miss, the beat writer for the Rebs over there at the Clarion Ledger in Mississippi. Nick, what's going on, man? Long time no talk. Yeah, it's been a while, and a good good guess there. When I was in the 10th grade, I wrote a, a really bad poem inspired by that exact song. So, uh, <laughs> good job, Chris. <laughs> See, we do our research here on the show. We knew that. Uh, Nick, what's it, what's it been like uh, on the flip side of things? I know you... Uh, you know, you're from or went to school in Georgia. You were on the LSU beat for a couple of years. Now you're over the Ole Miss beat. Is it just something about the SEC teams, the passion here that you just can't get away from? Yeah, I also like paychecks, so that's been nice. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it's great. It's it's a uh, the difference between Louisiana and Mississippi is well marketed, but the the teams are pretty similar and the school fan bases are pretty similar in that. They're football schools first. They're probably baseball schools second, but they're both growing pretty big in basketball based off of the seasons they had last year. Um, and now that we're in the thick of baseball season, I mean, it's it's pretty comparable how passionate these fan bases are. I mean, obviously LSU has a little bit more history, but yeah, I mean, as we saw this weekend, these two these two teams can go at it like the best of them. Yeah, so coming into the weekend, we knew what was on the line. I mean, Ole Miss, LSU, um, you know, the the standings right there, it, it was close amongst them, Mississippi State, you know, Arkansas. I mean, it, basically the SEC still up for grabs and the SEC West supremacy on the line. So LSU feeling good about themselves. And, I mean, let's talk about how the weekend played out. Friday night, we knew, you know, LSU had already made the decision to move Zach Hess to the bullpen. They started McKill Hilliard. They were hoping to get a good three or four innings out of him which they did, uh, and then we see Zach Hess come out of the bullpen, and it was like a different, it was the old school Zach Hess. It was the guy that we saw in Omaha a couple years ago, the the fiery guy who's, you know, throwing, um, th- you know, flame throwing and getting strikeout after strikeout. Um, that Friday night game just really felt like LSU had the momentum, the box was rocking, and then, of course, the late appearance from Drew Bianco to, to pinch hit, uh, to, to hit the home run against his dad. But talk about them. What, what was the environment like early in that game Friday night when Zach Hess comes in out of the pen? Well, I mean, it was – I might have been one of the few people there who uh, knew what was coming because the LSU beats turned over just as much as the Ole Miss beat. But, I mean, man, that – Zach Hess out of the bullpen's just what I remembered. It's – that you you will not hear a stadium in college baseball as excited to see a man walk out of the bullpen 
<laughs> as LSU fans when Zach Hess comes out, because that place is electric. And watching him in the, I believe it was the eighth inning when he struck out Cooper Johnson with the bases loaded to uh, preserve what was only a two-run lead at the time, maybe a one-run lead, that was vintage Zach Hess down to the words he may have exchanged coming off of the mound after the strikeout. It was it was great. I mean, he's suited for that role. I've been saying for three years now that he's a bullpen guy. I understand why they had to go through a year and a half of this Zach Hess starting pitcher experiment, but he's back where he belongs, and he he absolutely showed it. Other than one solo home run he let up, he was he was pretty much untouchable. So in the eighth inning, Giovanni DiGiacomo, he was 0 for 3 on the night with three strikeouts. Not the best night for the DH, so... Drew Bianco, who has come off the bench a couple times in recent weeks and starting to swing a hotter bat, he comes in, the first pitch he sees, puts one into the bleachers. You get the full-on bat flip experience uh, right after the home run, runs the bases, and I thought it was kind of funny. They cut to the shots of Mike Bianco in the in the dugout, and there was not a smile. There was basically no reaction from him in the dugout watching his son uh, score a home run You know, for the opposing team. What I mean, I, I know a lot of people made that st- made a, a lot of that storyline coming into the weekend, but it's just got to be such a weird dynamic, right? For a guy who loves his kids more than anything, but he's got a job to do. Yeah, I mean that was that was the line that Bianco gave after the game. Mike, the elder Bianco, was it's moments like that where that's why you don't recruit your children. It's moments like that where when you're losing and you need to be sad and you need to be angry and you need to motivate your team, but you watch your son lace a home run that's the moment where okay maybe it's hard to smile right now and he said he'd probably be happy about it later and i think in hindsight now that they've won the series and now that they got him out a few times as well i I think that bianco can smile about it but yeah in the moment mike was that was a game where illness was I believe 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position, 3 for 14 with runners on base. They stranded the bases loaded in both the 8th and the ninth innings. Just like a dreadful hitting game for that team uh, situationally. And uh, I don't think he was able to enjoy the irony of his son playing at his alma mater, homering off of a pitch he himself called. <laughs> so uh, LSU gets the win, the big win on Friday night. Um you know, winning it, uh, what was it, eight to one or whatever? I mean, winning going away or eight to three, and then you know, Saturday they come out and they're just they're flat. I mean, the bats aren't able to get anything going against uh, Ole Miss's starting pitching. Eric Walker, who's just been so up and down this season, he kind of struggles, gives up the four runs. But you know, basically you're down four nothing. That was basically all she wrote. I mean, it felt like LSU couldn't do anything with the bats on Saturday, and uh, I thought Ole Miss's pitching really just took advantage of them on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Doug McKaysey, the freshman who started for Ole Miss, has really been a revelation this season. Uh, he wasn't in the rotation to start the season. He was kind of a middle relief guy who got a couple of opportunities to start in the midweek. And then he started one midweek game up at Louisville and really, really impressed. And from there, it's kind of been his season to roll with. And since he's moved into the starting rotation seven weeks ago, he's got a 2.83 ERA and seven SEC starts. That's just dominant stuff and he did it against texas a&m last week he did it against lsu this week he's looking really good so it's not much of a surprise that lsu struggled to hit him and i guess the the nugget for lsu fans is he is so much like former lsu pitcher jared pochet (laughs) that mike bianco actually described saturday's game as vintage nikhazy 
he used the line. So that's kind of what they were up against on Saturday. So, look, if you're an LSU fan, you come out of Saturday feeling, okay, well, look, they just got us on Saturday. The bats were, were cold, but we got to come out Sunday. Uh, you know, beautiful weather yesterday at Alec Buck Stadium. Sunday afternoon baseball, a packed house. You just felt like, all right, they got this going. And then Landon Marceau comes out and just leaves a dud. And the defense kind of falls apart behind him. And suddenly, before you know it, LSU's down, what was it, 7 and nothing, And you're just like, 7 nothing, 10-1. Yeah, this. I mean, you're like, this is it. This is over. And LSU starts chipping away. Ole Miss kind of falls asleep on defense a couple times. They're starting pitching, or, or rather they're pitching out of the bullpen, starting to struggle. And uh, before you know it, LSU's chipping away. And you're like, well, I mean, they're within four. They can do this. Well, they're within three. They can do this. And suddenly, man, I've never seen anything like we saw in that ninth inning yesterday. Yeah, I mean, six straight hits, three singles leading into three home runs. That The closer they did that off of, would have been the first-team All-SEC closer and quite possibly an All-American closer had it not been for that game. That game single-handedly rose his ERA from 2.24 to 4.5. They just they rocketed him. He's one of the best closers in college baseball. He was a third-team All-American last year. And, I mean, he just didn't have it. He had pitched on Saturday. He he got the, uh, I guess, not save because it was a 5-1 to game, but... He, he was tired. It wasn't the first time he'd pitched back-to-back days this year. I mean, heck, a couple weeks ago against Auburn, he threw 97 pitches in a weekend. He's used to workloads, but that wind was blown out to right, and Ole Miss had a bunch, or LSU rather, had a bunch of lefties that were ready to take advantage of that wind, and gosh, they got it up in the jet stream, and it was just pound after pound after pound. Uh, Antoine Duplantis, who apparently is a power hitter now, I don't know what happened since I left. <laughs> and then, and then Cade Veloso, and obviously Josh Smith with the the game tire. That was it was an electric ninth inning. But Ole Miss has about two and a half bullpen guys they actually trust right now, and both <laughs> of them threw on Saturday. So having to use them again on Sunday, it wasn't much of a surprise that what happened happened. But that said. The half guy they trust did get the three outs in the 10th inning, so maybe that's three guys they trust now. Well, that's what was crazy about it is LSU, you know, the the, the box is rocking. It's getting loud. They just tied this thing up. Uh, you know, Dugoff flies out to end the, the ninth inning, so we go on to extras, and everybody's feeling good. All right, LSU's, you know, miraculously this comeback. They're back in this thing. You send in Devin Fontenot out there, who's been good for you all season. And Fano just falls apart. I mean, credit Ole Miss for staying in, keeping their heads in the game. And, you know, they could have went out there and, and crapped the bed after that, but they were able to, to stay aggressive. And, you know, they walk the first guy, and the next guy doubles, and it's, you know, hit, hit, hit. And before you know it, they put up four runs. And basically, that, that was just too much of a deficit for LSU to be able to answer to. And I think the question that LSU fans are going to have is what if Palmineri had been as aggressive with his bullpen as. Mike Bianco was. What if Zach Hess was pitching the 10th? And I know Devin Fontenot's your closer, and I know he should be your closer. Zach Hess had just thrown four innings two days earlier. But I think that's the question everybody's going to have. If Ole Miss was willing to ride or die with its best pitcher and watch him give up six runs in a game like that, I know Hess went out to the bullpen. Should they have had him ready earlier? I don't know. It was the bottom of Ole Miss's lineup, so you'd think Fontenot could handle it. But the bottom of Ole Miss's lineup went 14 for 21 yesterday. It's it was tricky. It was a tough situation. 
Nobody expected a soft-hitting pinch hitter with a broken finger to hit a two-run single into right field. Everybody thought he was going to bunt. And then Mike Biango tells him to swing away, and he singles into right field. Dude's got a broken finger, and he had 22 at-bats in his career before that, maybe 24. <laughs> and he hits the, the go-ahead single. It, it was just a weird game. It kind of had to be like that. I don't know how talked about this is in Louisiana, but in Mississippi this is extremely talked about. That's the first time Ole Miss has won a series in Baton Rouge since 1982. Yeah, It kind of had to be like that. I talked to the players. I talked to Bianco after the game. They said, if, if Ole Miss is finally going to win in Baton Rouge, it couldn't have been a blowout. It couldn't have been easy. It had to be just a fight and claw and a weird, crazy baseball game. Uh, yesterday will be one we won't forget uh, anytime soon. I mean, it was just, it was an epic comeback and then an epic collapse very quickly into the extra innings. All that said, now, uh, very important games going down the stretch for, for, yeah. for all these teams. I mean, LSU, they will go on the road to play Arkansas and Fayetteville this weekend, which basically, they, you know, the, the pressure's on. I think they have to go win two out of three there, find a way to win because Arkansas is 17 and 7 in the conference. They could run away with the West if, you know, if they sweep LSU or take two out of three there. Uh, but the road does not get any easier for Ole Miss. We know they just took uh, three games against uh, A&M last weekend. They take two out of three against LSU. And now another top-ten team in Mississippi State. What an absolutely huge series for the Bulldogs and the Rebels this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the top four teams in the SEC West are all playing each other this weekend. This feels like an SEC West semifinal weekend. I think that as crazy as it may sound, Ole Miss probably rooting for the Tigers this weekend. Um, if Ole Miss can win on its home field against State two out of three, and if LSU can go into Bomb, which the only team that's won a series in Bomb this year other than Arkansas is Ole Miss, if LSU can do it too, gosh, Ole Miss is in a great position for not only winning the West, but they might actually accidentally vault into the national seed discussion. Whereas LSU is in the same situation. If they go win two out of three or if they go sweep and bomb, they're right back in the thick of hosting. They're right back in the fringe of national seed conversation. And you head into the last week of the SEC season with a lot of intrigue. These four teams are all right on top of each other. Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both 15-9 and nine in, in SEC play. LSU is 14-10. I believe Arkansas is 17-7, and seven, as you said. That's four teams really close to one another. This weekend can swing a lot of things. You can look at... Potentially all four of these teams still have national seed potential. You can look at three of these teams might be able to fall out of hosting. Uh, I think Mississippi State's probably pretty solid at this point. I would like to think Arkansas is as well. But, I mean, anything's possible with six games left in SEC play. There's a lot that can happen. There's a lot I expect to happen. But, man, I'm going to have my laptop open to that series of bomb while I'm watching the series at Swayze. That's that's going to be some good baseball right there. Yeah, and I think as of right now, I think you feel okay about LSU being a regional host, but I think uh, being a super regional uh, host is, um, I think it's it's out of the question right now, but that's not to say they can't salvage this and go take two out of three at Fayetteville and take two out of three against Auburn and you know win some games in the SEC tournament and kind of help their cause. But it kind of goes to show you what we all thought, the SEC loaded as always and some really yeah. good teams. He is Nick, Nick Suss, now Ole Miss beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Uh, last thing for you, Nick, I know Mississippi State taking on Ole Miss this weekend. What is it like covering that rivalry firsthand now? I mean, we know Mississippi State and Ole Miss don't like each other, but what's it like seeing it up close in all the sports? Well, do you remember what happened in my first Egg Bowl this year, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> sure do. 
<laughs> it's it's bonkers, man. I I've covered quite a few rivalries, as you mentioned. I went to Georgia, and Georgia has nothing but rivals. Apparently, every team in the SEC is adjacent to them. So I, I covered Georgia, Florida, and I covered Georgia, Georgia Tech, and I mean, obviously, I've covered LSU, Alabama, and some of these games. From a tension perspective, I don't know if there are any two fan bases that legitimately dislike each other the way that Ole Miss and State do right now. Uh, is the quality of the game on par with LSU, Alabama? I mean, that's probably not true of anything in college football right now. That game is always the NFL feed-in game. But just from tensions boiling over, there was that big fight in the Egg Bowl that I alluded to. There were, I believe, three technical fouls in the first men's basketball game this year between <laughs> Ole Miss and State. Uh, when the uh, they, Ole Miss and State played a baseball game once this year in Jackson a couple of weeks back, and uh, that one was pretty contended too. Uh, State started to run away and things got ugly kind of fast. And I don't imagine that uh, State fans are going to react all too well the first time Ole Miss hits a home run this weekend and beers goes flying everywhere as per <laughs> tradition because there was a big kerfuffle about that because apparently a few Mississippi State fans earlier this season tried to start a beer shower tradition up at the New Duty Noble, and the athletic director stepped in and said, that's not what we do at Mississippi State. This rivalry is intense. <laughs> and I love getting to document it. <laughs> uh, one more for you, Nick, before we let you go. And look, I don't agree with any of this. This is just message board fodder. But, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, could Maneri eventually be on the hot seat? I know he just got an extension not too long ago. But uh, people brought up this topic over the weekend. Do you think, I mean, Mike Bianco's been there at Ole Miss for a long time now, since, what, 2001? Do you think if yeah. the job opened up at LSU, would he ever consider leaving Ole Miss for LSU? I mean, the, obviously they throw a crap ton of money at him and all that, and he's already making over a million a year. Do you think he's just so content and ingrained there at Ole Miss that that's probably where he'll end up finishing his career? Or do you think in the back of his mind he'd ever consider coming back to Baton Rouge? Two very reasonable answers to this. One, I don't think he wants to move until all of his kids are graduated from high school. So he's got a few years from that. I don't think he would want to uproot his family while the kids are still doing that. And two, and probably more reasonable, the message board fodder for Maneri may be nothing compared to the message board fodder for Bianco's hot seat. <laughs> so <laughs> these fan bases might want to trade right now. Right. Who knows? I mean, Bianco last year was a national seed that couldn't get out of his own home ballpark. He hasn't made it to Omaha in almost a decade at this point, maybe over a decade. I think some fans are ready to cash in and see somebody else take over if if this year is another like that. But I don't think either coach are going anywhere. I think they're both pretty darn good coaches, and they're both pretty solid in their jobs. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Is it's always we need to get rid of this guy. Well, who do you want? And nobody can ever come up with a with a good answer for that. Well, oh, I don't Ole Miss know. fans have a few answers. I don't know if LSU <laughs> fans do right now, but Ole Miss fans, <laughs> they've got some talk. He is uh, Nick Suss, now the uh, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss beat writer over at the uh, Clarion Ledger. Nick, good to talk with you, man. And, uh, well, let's do it again soon because the old uh, college football season will be starting up here before we know it. Yeah, call me for football. Call me for Hoover. Call me if you want to hear more talks about my Weezer poems. I will always be around. <laughs> we will definitely do that, Nick. Thanks for the time, bud. All right, thanks, Chris. All right, Nick Suss there. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter, at Nick Suss. I used to follow him for his uh, his LSU stuff at the SEC Country. We used to have him on all the time. But I now follow him for his Ole Miss writing because he covers uh, does a good job covering Ole Miss for the Clarion Ledger. Let's grab our last break of our number one. We'll come back and uh, wrap things up. Stay with us.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.